You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got? Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And I'm so excited for this week's episode because I have heard an amazing message, a good preached word that I want to share with you on the podcast. Now, I'm super excited because this message is being delivered by one of my sister friends, one of my man of honors from the wedding. And I'm so excited that I got her or talked her in (laughs) to sharing this message with you. Trust me, you need this. I need this. I was, I was being preached to, so I knew I wanted to share it with you. So I'm not going to go in and read her bio because let's face it, this will be her third time on the podcast. So you guys should know her by now. And if you like what you hear, be sure to go back and listen to the episode entitled Get You a Miss Nigeria, I think. I think that's episode 18 and the episode on Seeking Him Yoga where she is featured. So without further ado, let's welcome back Miss Sarita Evan to the podcast. Good evening, everyone. We're going to jump straight into the word that God has given me for today. We're going to be talking about are you a hospital? or hospice. Um, And we have a couple of scripture references for you today. The first is going to be Mark chapter two, verses 15 to 15 to 17, Luke chapter five, verses 29 to 31, and first Timothy chapter one, verse 15. So starting with Mark chapter two, while he was reclining at the table in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also guests with Jesus and his disciples, because there were many who were following him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he told them, those who are well don't need a doctor, but the sick do need one. I didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinner. And then to Luke chapter five, verses 29 to 31, which is another account of the same encounter. Then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house. Now there were a large crowd of tax collectors and others who were guests with them. But the Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with such tax collectors and sinners? Jesus replied to them, the healthy do not need a doctor, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And lastly, for now, We're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 15, and it reads, This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. So we know the purpose for which Jesus was sent to the earth. It is made very clear by Jesus and even by Paul in his writing that Jesus came to the earth to save sinners. 
And the metaphor that Jesus, or the parable, however you want to look at it, that Jesus uses when he's quote unquote dining with the sinners is that he only sick people need a doctor. And so today's topic is, are you a hospital or a hospice? Now, somebody may say, well, Sarita, what does that mean? I don't understand. Why are you asking me if I'm a hospital or a hospice? So let me break it down for you with a couple of definitions. A hospice is a special kind of care that focuses on the quality of life for people who are experiencing an advanced life-limiting illness and and for their caregivers. Hospice care provides compassionate care for people in the last phases of an incurable disease so they may live life as fully and as comfortably as possible. Conversely, a hospital is an institution that is built, staffed, and equipped for the diagnosis of disease, for the treatment, both medical and surgical, of the sick and the injured, and for the housing during the process. So hospice versus hospital. A hospice makes you comfortable in your illness or in if the uh, we take the metaphor in your sin versus a hospital which will have you fighting to treat your illness and to come out or to come out of your sin. Looking at these differences a little more, what's the difference between a hospice and a hospital? A hospice makes you comfortable in your situation. There is no challenge in a hospice. A hospice prepares you to die. It allows you your own way without retort. And it medicates you, aka appeases you, to make it as easy and palatable as possible. On the other hand, hospitals challenge you. They give you instruction and they expect you to follow it so that you can get out of that building that they are housing you in. They push you outside of your comfort zone. And I can speak for that for myself. I have had multiple knee surgeries. And one of the things that you absolutely have to do before you can get out of the hospital after an ACL reconstruction is you must get out of bed and start walking around. Now, I know some of my friends will laugh about this, but I am also asthmatic and I have been hospitalized for asthma as well. And when you're hospitalized for asthma, they make you get up and walk a certain distance before they will discharge you from hospital. Why do you ask? Do they make you do these things? Because one, they want your muscles to remember how to function. And two, they want to make sure that when they discharge you, you're not at a great risk of being readmitted. So hospitals challenge you. They motivate you. They push you out of your comfort zone. They help to make you better. The goal of a hospital is for you to live. That is the goal of a hospital, to treat you so that you live. That means that when you are in hospital, there is an expectation on behalf of the doctors on behalf of the nurses, even on behalf of the patient, that there will be a change for the better. So hospitals come with expectation. Hospices come with complacency. Lastly, when you are better, hospitals send you out into the world to go about your life. Hospices expect you to leave in a box. So what does this have to do with sin, Sarita, you may say? It has to do with sin because Jesus was an example of a hospital and not a hospice. And we're going to first look at the story of the woman at the well, and then we're going to look at um, the the Good Samaritan as our second um, text in giving this um, some shape. So when we look at the woman at the well, Jesus encountered this woman at the well. And, And he says to her, 
he, he makes her uncomfortable because he immediately calls out her sin. He pulls no punches and he says, and, and it's funny because at first I, 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 I tend to think that this is how my response would be if, if a man kind of came up to me and said, woman, give me something to drink. I would be like, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> God's still working on me. But <laughs> I do feel as though the way that the woman at the well responded to Jesus is the same way I would have responded if I were her. But after he says, give me something to drink, he tells her to go call your husband and come back. And she says, I don't have a husband. And he says, because you have five. <laughs> like the shade, the shade. How are you, how you calling me out like this? Right? And, and then he goes on, not only to say you had five, but also the one that you're with right now ain't actually yours. Like, bro, that was unnecessary. Like, <laughs> can you back it up a little bit? But imagine you're walking into the hospital and the doctor says, this is what's wrong with you. You appreciate it because you've been hurting. You've been in pain. You don't know what's wrong. And then the doctor says, this is why your arm has been in pain because you broke a bone. The doctor has to call out what is wrong before they can treat it. Jesus called out what was wrong before he could address it and give the medicine for it. So after this dialogue where Jesus calls out her sin, he didn't stay there and harp on it. He didn't start naming off, well, you was with this person and you were with this person and, and you didn't do this and you didn't, the, he, he, he said, this was your sin. We acknowledge it. But this is how I can help you because I am the son of God. And if you follow me and if you drink from the water that I have, which will never run dry, you will never thirst again. And so after she received this word from Jesus and after she received what would equate to a healing in a, or, or medication in a hospital, she then went out into the world and she said, come see a man who told me everything that I've ever done. See, we in the church, we're, we're really quick to diagnose the problem. Oh, well, you know, she lied. He cheated, you know, um, this person committed murder, so they shouldn't be in X, Y, and Z. We're really quick to pick out people's sins. But are we then offering them the medicine? Are we offering them the solution to their sin, which is Jesus Christ? Are we being a hospital or are we being a hospice where we're just pointing things out and then we're allowing people to die in their sin because we are not willing to speak up and say, come see a man because we were all in sin. We have, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means that we have all at one point or another been this woman at the well. And so if we aren't willing to then tell those who we come in contact with to come see a man, that means we are allowing them and we are okay for them to be there and shrivel up and die. That, that is like, that is intense. How many times do we encounter people in our everyday lives where we're quick to gossip about them or talk about their problem or repeat, well, you know, this is what I heard about so-and-so instead of saying, you know what, can I pray with you? Can I help to cover you? Come see a man. Come see somebody who healed me of everything that was wrong with me, of all of my sins. So the doctors, at least good ones, not only diagnose a problem, but they go through every possible step to resolve it. That's what Jesus does. He diagnosed the problem and then he immediately gave the resolution. 
So our job as Christians, as followers of Christ, as little Christ, is not to make people comfortable in their sin. That's not what we are called to do. We are not called to make them comfortable in their sin. We are not called to make people comfortable in the four walls of the church. We are called to go into all of the world and preach the God. Not in the four walls in Warwick, Opsie the Hill, or wherever else your church may be located. We are called to go out into the world because why would we expect a sinner to come to us? If you know when you saw Jesus at the well, he encountered, he encountered the woman at the well. He didn't wait for her to come into his presence when he was surrounded by a multitude. He went to her. So conversely, or not conversely, but in addition to the woman at the well and the way in which Jesus treated her, we have the story of the Good Samaritan. We all know this story. If you've been to Sunday school, you know what this story is, where the people who should have helped, the people who were supposedly godly people, passed by this poor man who had been beaten, beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. The person who should have never helped this, this man on the side of the road because they were seen to come from opposite ends of the spectrum. He's the one who had took compassion on the poor man on the side of the road. And not only did he have compassion on him, he bandaged him up and he bandaged his wounds. He put him on his own animal and he took him to an inn where he gave instruction to take for the innkeeper to take care of him. And he said to the innkeeper, take care of him. Here's some money. And if it's not enough for how long he needs to stay, I will come back and give you more money and reimburse you. Between the Good Samaritan and the innkeeper tells us what it is like to be a hospital. That Good Samaritan took his time with someone that he had encountered who needed help. He didn't just look at him and say, here's a paracetamol, here's a Tylenol, and keep moving, right? Because sometimes as Christians, we want to we want a quick fix for somebody's sin. We just want to say, oh, well, you know, um, you, you got issues lying, just pray about it. Right. We, we've all had that that response to somebody who just tells us, well, it's all right. Just pray about it. And that is in no way taking away the power of prayer. But sometimes you need somebody to sit next to you and be with you as you walk and work through with it. Right. So as Christians, that's and with, that is what we need to also take on board is that sometimes we have to spend time with the sinner. We have to walk a little bit through the process with them to support them and be with them. The Good Samaritan walked through the process with the man who was left on the side of the road. And not only did he own, he didn't just bandage him up and leave him on the side of the road. Imagine the struggle that he encountered in bandaging up the, the man on the side of the road. He poured in oil and wine into his wound, and then he lifted him up. And when he lifted him up, he didn't say, okay, now you walk. He lifted him up, and he said, and he put him on his own donkey. He put him on his own piece of transportation, and he took him to an end to be treated. When's the last time that you encountered somebody who needed your help and you took the time not to just say, oh, well, I'll pray for you, 
or pray about it, but you took the time to sit down with them and talk about it with them and share scripture with them and share your testimony with them and share God with them? Did you leave them in a state of hospital hospice to die or were you a hospital? God is calling us to be hospital. So how do you know if you're operating in hospice mood? Here's a couple of points. I'm sure if you go and you meditate on this and you think about this, you will come up with many more that you're like, this is hospice mode and not hospital mode. So one of the ways you know that you're operating in hospice mode is everyone around you looks and acts like you. If I am surrounded by Cerritos everywhere, one, God help the rest of you. I'm just saying. But also it's a problem. There is a reason that God created us diverse. There is a reason that he created us as, as different people with different personalities, different skin tones, skin tones, different cultures. There is a reason that God gave diversity on this earth. So if everyone around you looks and acts like you, it's a problem. Also, if you're comfortable, if you can walk into church or into your friend group or whatever it is, and you're never challenged, right? You walk in, church starts at 11 o'clock. Sister so-and-so is going to pray for the next 10 minutes. Brother so-and-so is going to read this scripture. Sister so-and-so is going to get up and get the same testimony she's been given for 15 years. Praise and worship leader is going to give the same five songs. The pastor's going to stand up and he's going to preach for an hour and you're still not going to know what you preached about. And then you leave, there's a problem. There is a problem. If you are comfortable in that, and if you are comfortable or if you are stagnant, you are operating on hospice mode. The other way that you know if you're in hospice mode is if you're running out of disciples. If you have nobody to send into the world, if you're, if you're in a church that's not evangelizing and participating in the community and going into places where the sinners are instead of expecting the sinners to come into the four walls of your church, maybe it's time for you to start an evangelism ministry in your church. Because how many of us actually walked into a church one Sunday morning and said, okay, I want to get saved this morning versus how many of us encountered somebody who planted, who may have planted a seed that, that drew us to encountering Christ. If you're running out of disciples or you don't have disciples or you yourself are not a disciple because each and every one of us are called to go out into the world and make disciples, then that may be an indicator that you're in hospice mode. And lastly, the last point for if you're in hospice mode for this is if your desire to try something new is minimal at best. Now, you may say, okay, Sarita, how do you get that? Why would you say that you have to try something new? Because even when we look at the teachings of Jesus and the way that he interacted with people, he did it in various ways. Even though every single time Jesus could have displayed that he was the son of God by turning water into wine, every single miracle that he did, he did it because he needed to show versatility. So every time that he healed a blind person, he didn't do it the same way. Every time that he healed a leper, he didn't do it the same way. Some people got dirt that was made or mud that was made from spit. Some people got just go wash in a really, 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 really dirty, grimy river. I mean, I'd have been like, is leprosy that bad? No, joking. I would have gone. <laughs> but the point is, is that Jesus showed versatility. He did something new. 
And so if Jesus is out doing something new, then wouldn't he expect us to operate in the same way? So if you were work or if you if you or your church is moving in in the same in the same realm, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. It's the definition of insanity. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over in the same way and expecting a different result. So if you're not going out into your community, if you're not encountering sinners, if you're not going to where the unchurched are, the unloved are, right? Because let's, let's be honest, sometimes people or a lot of times people who are in sin don't know love. And a lot of times the church has shunned them because of their sin instead of showing love. So now we get onto hospital mode. Number one in hospital mode is people are showing the love of God. Are you showing the love of God? Another way to know that you are in hospital mode is the people connected to you and encountering you are also encountering God as a result of their encounter. Can they see God through you? Healing and deliverance are taking place in the hospital. Again, if it's stagnant, we got a problem because growth should be taking place in the hospital and you should be making disciples in the hospital. Going back to the definition of hospital, and I love it because before this message, I had never actually looked up what the definition of hospital was, but a hospital is an institution specifically built staffed and equipped to treat the sick. So as Christians, we're built. We know we're built. God built us. He created us. Have we staffed and equipped ourselves? Do we read our Bible to know what it is that God has instructed us to do? Are we equipped by speaking to God and saying, God, what's the strategy that you have for me for encountering sinners? God, who? what is the people group that you have called me to reach? As Christians, are we staffing and equipping ourselves? Are you connected with the right people in order to pursue your purpose in drawing people into the kingdom of God? And I'm going to wind up right here. And I just pray, and my prayer in even preparing this message, and I hope your prayer after hearing this message is, Lord, make me personally and your church a hospital and not a hospital. Remove any hospice mentality that may exist in me and replace it with a hospital mentality. Help me to be built, staffed, and equipped in order to treat those in whom I have contact so that they will come to know you, so that they won't see me, but they'll come to know you. Lord, help me to create disciples that will go out into the world and be a hospital for others. I pray that is your prayer this evening. God bless you. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slay Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.